0: Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now.
1: Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Florence Pugh on singing, on cooking, and yes, acting in her new film, A Good Person. Hey, guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, Wow, a hell of a first time guest on the pod this week. She is Florence Pugh, and uh, it doesn't get any more exciting of a young career than Florence Pugh's. Let's be real, guys. Um, In the last five years, she has soared. Her big, I guess her big break for a lot of people was Lady Macbeth. I first met her on... um, Fighting with your family. Do you remember that one? It was produced by Dwayne Johnson. She played a wrestlers based on a true story. Really a uh, cool film directed by Steven Merchant. I met her back at Sundance for that one. And now, just a few short years later, Oscar nomination for Little Women, Black Widow. She's in no one's latest, Deneville News latest. She is just killing it in all respects. So thrilled to say, Florence Pugh, finally a guest, on Happy, Sag, Confused, and she did not disappoint. Okay, before we get to, to Florence, um, other things to mention in the Josh Horowitz universe. Well, it's been a busy time. So busy that I forgot actually to kind of recap you guys a little bit on recent events on the last episode. For those that didn't catch uh, the most recent one, it was Zachary Levi of Shazam fame. Check it out if you haven't already, because that was a really, um, a really honest and open conversation as things always are with with Zach, and I I was really pleased with how it came out. Um, But before that, I got a chance to to visit Austin for the first time in many years. Um, What a great town. What a great city. Uh, it was, of course, South by Southwest, which I don't know, is it still going on? I've only been there for like the movies portion of it, but like it always opens with movies and it kind of transitions into comedy and then by the end it's music. So for all I know, it's still going on. But um, I was there, it's kind of a last minute trip to be honest, but I was there for a couple purposes. Um, primarily, uh, our, my, my, my friends over at Amazon Prime asked me to moderate the Daisy Jones and the Six panel there. Um, And it was a blast. It was also fun because I hadn't um, met a lot of the cast members before. Um, I had just done Suki Waterhouse for the podcast. Check out that episode recently. Um, But I hadn't met a lot of the younger cast members. Um, I hadn't met the creators. Um, Scott Neustadter and Warren Neustadter are co-EPs. Um, and they're fantastic, and I've always admired Scott's work. He's a screenwriter behind such films as Spectacular Now and 500 Days of Summer. Uh, I got a chance to meet the author of uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, uh, and she is fantastic. Taylor Jenkins Reed she was really um, sweet and very funny to be around. Um, and of course I also got a chance to catch up with Sam Claflin, who way back when has been on the podcast, but Um, Of course, I kind of went through the Hunger Games um, uh, madness with him on that adventure, so it was really fun to reconnect with Sam, who is one of the nicest, just down-to-earth human beings on the planet, and I'm so happy for him that he is now front and center alongside Riley Keough, who I also adore. Um, for this show. If you haven't checked it out, Daisy Jones and the Six. It's based on a best-selling novel, kind of a fictionalized um, rock group that goes through Trials and Tribulations, uh, and it's doing really well for Amazon Prime, so check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Anyway, I got a chance to moderate that. I spent a lot of time with that cast, and I also got a chance to um, moderate the first post-screening Q&A for the world premiere of Jake Johnson's new film. And I'm such a, Jake. Jake's a good guy. You, of course, know him from New Girl and uh, what, so many comedies, great comedies, Let's Be Cops, TV and film work, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse uh, uh, movies, of course. Um, and this is his directing debut. It's called Self-Reliance. Uh, and it is a super funny, weird, earnest, uh, kind of a a real collision of a lot of different things that somehow works. I was so pleased when I got a chance to see it, and um, really fun to connect with Jake at that first screening that went over really well at the Paramount Theater, it was a big sold-out crowd that really ate it up. Anna Kendrick is in it, got a chance to see Anna, who's always fantastic, of course, and it's produced by the Lonely Island guys, so I got a chance to see uh, Kiva Schaefer and Yorma Taconi, and um, that was a blast. What else did I do in Austin? I ate a lot of tacos. I ate seven tacos in about 48 hours. Is that a lot? It was over three different meals. It felt like it was enough. It felt like it was not tipping towards um, horrible gluttony, maybe just light gluttony. But no regrets, it was delicious. Um, The only other, let's see, people I ran into there, I met Walton Goggins in an elevator. And I don't do this, but I introduced myself. Like, just because I'm a fan, and he was so cool. And we had a nice little moment. He he seemed to be the coolest man on the planet. So I got a chance to meet Walton Goggins, geeked out on him for a second, and then I did, uh, the only other person I saw was, I went over to um, Anthony Mackie's uh, premiere party for a movie he has done, uh, and I surprised him over there, and he gave me a super long, lingering, uh, slightly uncomfortable hug. But it was it was a, it was a beautiful moment, and we had a we had a sweet, earnest moment uh, between longtime colleagues. What are we? I don't know acquaintances, friends, or something. Um, but uh, it was it was fun to see him in that context. Anyway, that was my trip to Austin. Wanted to catch you up on that. Um, let's see other things I do want to mention. Uh, a good person opens this week. We'll get to that in a second. That of course is Florence Pugh. But I also want to mention John Wick Chapter Four, which I saw and is fantastic. Yes, it's like two hours and 50 minutes, and it's maybe a little long, but I was not bored in the least. The action is jaw-dropping. Um, it's really, really good. And, and on a on a on a sad note, I do want to say, um, rest in peace to Lance Reddick, uh, who played Sharon, of course, uh, the concierge in these films. Um, I didn't know Lance Reddick well, but I did spend a day with him a few years ago. For a, a shoot for a series we we did called On Location, where we kind of toured the New York locations where the John Wick films have shot, and he was just such a gentleman and fun to be around and really cool, and I really respected his work. Uh, I know a lot of people loved him on The Wire and Fringe and all sorts of different kinds of roles. And what a what a loss! What a what a really sudden sad loss and um, really horrible that like I mean the news broke like. 36 hours after I'd been at the John Wick premiere in New York. So that was crazy, crazy, crazy. All right. Well, on on to happier things, which is uh, this conversation. So Florence Pugh and I caught up. um, This is a little shorter than my usual podcast. I'll warn you. It's about 30 minutes as opposed to the usual 45, 50. But guys, Florence Pugh is in demand. What can I say? Uh, I took what I could get in in this case. And hopefully this will be the first of many appearances on the podcast. Even though it's 30 minutes, we cover a lot. This movie is fantastic. It's written and directed by Zach Braff. Uh, of course, you've probably seen *Garden State*, and it's definitely in that zone um, I mentioned in the conversation. It, he, he, you know, he traverses in the James L. Brooks, Cameron Crowe kind of uh, vibe. And if you go with it, if you if you give yourself over to that, I think you're really gonna dig it. This is anchored by a fantastic performance by Florence, who plays a young woman who experiences a severe trauma early in the film and has to kind of figure out how to restart her life. Deals with addiction and loss. Um, and it's a, it's a really moving piece of work. And she's fantastic in it. Morgan Freeman is in it. He, of course, is amazing, as if that needs to be said. Um, and yeah, I think you're gonna dig it. It comes out this Friday. Uh, everybody should check out A Good Person. Beyond that, we talk Oh, we talk Marvel, we talk Dune, we talk her cooking, we talk her singing. I don't know how we fit it all in 30 minutes, but we did it, guys. We're fast talkers, I suppose. Um, all right, without any further ado, remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy Sag Confused. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com, slash, Happy Confused, for early access and bonuses and, and discount codes and swag and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you're here for the main event. Here, here it is. This is me and Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, welcome officially to the Happy Say I Confused podcast. I feel like I've only talked to you with other people around. So finally, I'm getting my, my <laughs> unadulterated flow time. It's happening. It's
0: lovely. It's lovely to be on with you.
1: So um, congratulations on the film. Uh, A Good Person is fantastic. Um, the I tried to get some intel prior to our chat today. David Harbour, I asked for any kind of dirt. And sadly, <laughs> sadly, all he would say is uh, she's one of the greats, which oh. does nothing for me.
0: Which is so annoying, right? When you're like, yeah, but what's wrong?
1: Well, I will say about 30 seconds later, he wrote a second text that said yeah. annoying in one so young. So he,
0: <laughs> he he's at least pissed about it. I sometimes put my finger up his nose as well. So that's also probably quite annoying. That's like a, a, oh. ma- a downside to me.
1: Is is that how you demonstrate your love to fellow actors and people oh, in yeah. your orbit?
0: No, actually, just specifically David. I don't know how that began or how it started. <laughs> but when we were shooting Black Widow, I think someone was trying to take a picture once. Oh, we were on the way to Comic-Con and someone was taking a selfie. And I just like naturally put my my thumb up his nose and I think it made him so happy that that Aww. was my instant reaction that then it just became a thing
1: well he's tall so it's an easy it's an yeah. easy entry point
0: exactly <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> okay so here's my, my my first um I was gonna say serious question it's not a serious question um the Vanity Fair uh talent that you demonstrated contortionist how many oh, yeah. back how many backups were there? Like how how long was the list of potential party tricks that you went through?
0: You know what? I had already just done cocktail making and food making on the Vogue um video. And when they asked me, you know, what's your party trick? What can you do? I was like, I can't, I don't want to do an I don't want to copy or do like another, another cocktail. So what is it that I'm actually gonna like, what is it that at parties? If I've had a few cocktails, I'd be willing to whip out. And it was that, and I that was only it. But the, the list that I did hand in was the list of costume items that I needed for it, which of course they were slightly confused by because I said, Jane Fonda-esque, I need leotards, ankle warmers, tights. And they were like, what is gonna happen? At one point I asked for a tutu, but the tutu didn't fit um actually I think it's good that I didn't wear the tutu because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to scrunch myself in the hole
1: sure. but I uh,
0: no I knew that I was going to do that and no one else was going to come close to that so <laughs> I, I can guarantee that random party trick
1: yeah Florence Pugh has a very particular rider she needs leg warmers <laughs> she needs <laughs> um you I mean you you referenced cooking um and I I do feel like I I trust and love anybody that has two uh, loves in their life, which I feel like for you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like it's acting movies and food. I feel like these are the two. Does that define Florence Pugh in a nutshell?
0: That is totally true. It's, it's acting and performing and, and cooking and or eating good food. Um, I think, yeah, i I just grew up in such a big foodie family where food was so important and good food was really important. And, also like educating us that these are the things that are going to make you feel good and make you feel happy um and so from a young age i've we've always been around um different culture food like traveling going on holiday it, we we were basically encouraged to try and eat everything like we couldn't get around not eating things even if it looked weird or even if it sounded strange um, so I think it's been such a big part of my life for so long and, um, it's just been really cool that I've been able to do it and people have been able to appreciate it as well.
1: If we combine the two, this is a, this is a tough one. Best movie about food depicting food. What's I, I have two that come to mind. What, what, what comes to mind when you think of a great
0: food movie? Um, okay. Well, it could, I mean, actually the bear, which recently was, I mean, oh, just that's a, up. yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a great that's, one. That's pretty perfect. And then movie, um, movie, 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 movie. Ratatouille. Of course.
1: That's the correct yeah. answer. That is the correct yeah. answer. Yeah.
0: No, but I actually like, when I watched that when I was younger, I remember thinking, ooh, I'm going to practice. I'm going to have a go at making that ratatouille. And now it's like one of my favorite. I mean, I obviously change things wherever I want to change them. But yeah, I, I love things that encourage people to give it a go. And I think that's what I've, really liked about like when I do it on my Instagram is I just want people to give it a go.
1: How many offers for uh, actual cooking with flow TV series did you get in the <laughs> wake of that Instagram series?
0: You know what, when I started that in the pandemic, there was like real conversations throughout, but um, just due to shooting schedules and and it not quite being the right style of show, we had to just put it on a back burner, but it's definitely in the works it's happening We're That's we're true. we're trying to make something happen.
1: Amazing. Okay, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about this 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 great movie because, yeah. um, look, it, it's weird to just call this a palate cleanser because this is a tough role. It's an intense role, but I do feel like it's been a minute since I've seen you like in a contemporary film without a cult or genre <laughs> component. <laughs> did, did did this feel like a little bit of like okay, I can be I can be messy in a very human relatable way in this did this feel like something different for you at the time when it came around
0: um i feel like a piece of all of the characters that i play is that they are um they are messy maybe not so much with the wonder she was very calculated but my favorite thing is to be raw and open and to um you know i i much prefer it when i've got very little makeup on my face because i feel like vanity just goes out the window and i can just Truly, be and express in all the ways that I need to. So I, th- I think, in that sense, yeah, it was really um, refreshing to just be this character with nothing attached to it—no curling hair or, you know, bent eyelashes. It's like she was just, she was just her, and it was just up to me, really, getting into that headspace. Um, but definitely, in terms of the way that she speaks, and and she's a modern woman, so there are elements of me in there. Um, and that's always uh that's always fun when you get to be a bit more freer. And obviously with that you can throw in a few of your own lines every now and then. Um but I yeah, I think I could definitely relax into this role a bit more, even though the uh the subject matter is so dark. Um it's weird that I even could say that. But yeah, well, I, I definitely could be a bit more her, a bit easier. Well, it-
1: It is dark, but like, I mean, I think, look, I, I've always admired Zach's work as a writer director because he's, he's operating in a key that not many filmmakers do anymore. And I certainly grew up with like the, you know, the James L. Brooks vibe, the Cameron Crowe vibe. And, And, and I, you know, I'm guessing that was a reference point. Those are reference points for him. Um, again, human messy people, like we all are, um, what resonated with you? I mean, did, are those reference points that you shared with him when you were talking about the movie? What,
0: what what did you connect with? So he wrote uh the script at the beginning of the pandemic when we were all um when everyone in the world was flailing as to what to do. And and um more personally, we were going through uh Nick Cordero's uh illness of COVID at the time. Yeah. And um I think this was definitely a big release for Zach of grief. He he'd lost his father and his sister and we were losing Nick at the time and I think this was just something that he needed to do and and it just kind of came out of him um I wasn't allowed to read the script until it was completed. I think he was very anxious and wanted it to be perfect because he was writing it for me and um I I love dialogue and I love being a part of creating as well. so I think he was just he was making sure that it was completed before he handed me the script. but what we would do is, at dinner, he would come and we'd discuss um, you know, the character arcs that he had discovered and and we'd talk about, well, where would they go from there? And all oh, that's exciting scene. Now explain these lines to me. And and so I kind of really was a part of the creation of the of all of it, of all these characters from the very, very beginning. And in some ways, I got to learn about my character in a far deeper way than than I would have done if I had just been handed the script. Right, you're I on the
1: inside, the yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I didn't have to do as much by the time I got the script, it it wasn't like I needed to go away and go do some thinking. It's like I knew who she was and I knew what felt right and what didn't feel right. So that was like, great. We just cut a huge corner there of, um, you know, know, me just being a part of the blueprint of the whole project. Um, And in terms of who she was and, and our collaboration, Um, You know, he wrote for me. So he wrote with me in mind and the way that I speak and the way that I can express, which is uh, an amazing thing. And and I I presume only was made possible because he did know me so well. He had seen all of my work. Um, You know, I've, I've 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 had it before where people have written with me in mind, but with me in mind to play a character, whereas he wrote it with me in mind to say these things. And I think. Right. That made it um, so much more freeing, and that probably the thing that you're also thinking about when you see me playing this modern woman is that that was a huge element was that it was with my voice in mind and my um, characteristics and my ability to know how far to push it and how and how to I suppose be Ali.
1: You've um, you can add another few moments in this film to probably what, what I would imagine is a lot of surreal moments in a career. Um, whether it's it's wrestling at what was it, Staples Center or <laughs> acting with Meryl Streep? Um, singing next to Morgan Freeman probably was oh. not in the cards growing up.
0: I know that was a bit silly, isn't it? How did that happen?
1: <laughs> do you do, God, do you God, have God. that moment? Do you have that moment, like that second sight? Like, how is this happening? Can you
0: how is this happening? Yeah. The first time we sang it, I actually like I was we were looking at each other into each other's eyes, and and I <laughs> remember. He joins in on a certain line. And I remember when he joined in, I completely forgot the lyrics. I was just staring at him, staring at me, singing to me. (laughs) Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. I think there are, you know, I've had, I've been lucky to have lots of special moments with older actors in my career at such a young age. And I've been able to learn a lot from them. I've been able to watch them. I've been able to study how they work. I've been able to see... You know how they process things uh and it's it's only it's just filled my brain with with information and so to work with morgan to add to that you know amazing list was just extraordinary and and something that um i will be pinching myself for a very very long time and also just to see his friendship with zach as well you know they would worked before right. and so same thing same thing with zach already knowing me we'd already cut so many corners So I think the very fact that we were able to really, really dive into a script this dark, as you said, also with with moments of levity. But this um, this very hard storyline was purely because there was so much trust already there. Yeah. And that's purely down to Zach. You know, like it's very interesting when you go on a set and um, and. And the crew is inspired to want to be there and to want to make the best work that they can, and that purely bleeds down from from the leader. Um, and so, yeah, we just we had a lot of uh, a lot of respect and a lot of space and a lot of freedom to move in and out of our characters as and when we pleased. And um, and Zach is very good at, at at kind of starting that the temperature of the shoot.
1: This show is brought to you by better help. Let's talk about therapy, guys. And I'm so happy I can even say that in 2023 because back in the day, it felt like you weren't allowed to talk openly about therapy. I've had it in the past. It's helped me in my personal and professional life, and it's helped so many friends and family members too. Let's be real, guys. If you're thinking of starting therapy, there's no better day than today, and that's where better help comes into play. It's entirely online, guys. It's designed to be convenient, to be flexible, and suited to your schedule, to your very busy schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You deserve help, guys. It's okay to ask for help, and that's where BetterHelp comes into play. Discover your potential with BetterHelp today. Visit betterhelp.com slash HSC today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash HSC. Well, guys, I don't know about you, but these cold winter nights make me appreciate all the more a product like bowl and branch. These sheets are keeping me warm and cozy all winter long with a set of their buttery soft sheets. They're made with 100% organic cotton threads that get softer with every wash. And they come in a variety of great colors. My wife and I love this product. The sheets feel great. They look great. They make great gifts. It just checks all the boxes. Plus, These sheets are designed to feel incredible for every kind of sleeper, and they're made without toxins. They're free from pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals, and these sheets Fit the deepest of mattresses are labeled with top and bottom tags, so making your bed is easier than ever. They come in ten versatile colors in all sizes, from Twin up to California King. And best of all, Bolin Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee, guys, with free shipping and returns on all US orders. What more do I have to say? How important is sleep to you, you and your loved ones? It's everything to me. That's What Bowl and Branch can mean to you. So make the most of bedtime with Bowl and Branch Sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code HSC at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's bowlandbranch, B O L L A N D B R A N C H.com. Promo code HSC. This one, as I understand it, also inspired you to write some music. Does that often yep. happen? Like, is there is there a <laughs> is there a Dune inspired LP coming? No,
0: like, what? <laughs> no. I've I've sang in movies before and in sure. TV series before, which has been really lovely because it's something that I've always wanted to do. And when I started up, I thought I was going to go into music first, and then I got into The Falling, and then Carol Morley wrote a scene of me singing in The Falling. So it's so it's been something that I've been able to tick off but I've never, um, I've never written a song for a character. And even though, you know, Zach wanted this to be a feature in the script, it was also something that I really felt was necessary for me to get into the headspace of this character. Yeah. Um, and also I've never performed quite like this as a character before. You know, there's always that like conscious decision that you need to make, especially when you are a performer, you want everything to sound perfect and to be perfect. And I think for us, in the situation where Allison actually sings she's at such a low point and she's in rehab and she's raw and she's playing a creaky piano with a creaky voice and i think for me it was so important that we we matched that you know we didn't come in with something that was glossy and like a song from glee like it needed to be yeah the recording that i did on the day in the room with the piano with the few mics that we had and To me, I think um, it also just adds to where she is mentally. And um, yeah, I was really, really grateful that Zach wanted to put in both songs. Um, And then also as a performer outside of the movie, I got to record them personally as Florence. Like, how do I want them to sound? And how do I I want to sound as Florence as opposed to Alison? So it's really cool. First of all, I've done that. I don't know if I'll be jumping to do it again because it was like, I feel Very particular
1: enough circumstance enough.
0: yeah yeah totally i feel lucky enough that i was able to do it on this one but um who knows? so what
1: what is the music plan though because you've you've said yeah. that you are planning to release some music like is, are we talking like a full album this year like are you are you opening for taylor swift what's happening no what's
0: never <laughs> no not never that i wouldn't have i love taylor but like come on that's ridiculous um <laughs> i uh yeah, I think it's been something that I've been wanting to, to to do for a long time and I've been saying I want to do for a long time. Um, over the years, obviously, because I haven't, you know, I think you have to build back your confidence in something that you used to be quite easily doing all the time and now I just haven't for years. But, yeah, I've been recording in the last year um, and just, I mean, A, recording the, movie, the songs for the movie and also some others that are being put down and I'm really excited that I get to... Kind of tap into this this singer from before before I was an actor. So that's that's been really exciting.
1: Is there is there a through line through the stuff you've been doing? Is there a particular kind of so thematic?
0: Deeply depressing and uh... <laughs> like like the best songs are yeah. yeah. Deeply depressing, and you'll probably listen to it once and be like, "That's enough." A bit like the movie, actually. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> <I'll
1: come laughs> Time for a drink. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll
0: have a drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, all right. So I'm at least let, let's go back for a second. Describe childhood version of Florence for me. Were you? I'm guessing you might have been an extrovert. I don't want to like make <laughs> an assumption, but how would friends family describe young Florence?
0: Always an extrovert, um, always wearing mad clothes or just a tutu um a bit of a tomboy as well actually um i was always trying to hang off my brother and his friends and they found that deeply annoying but i thought i was super cool with them um yeah i just i think my whole my whole childhood was encouraged by my parents to kind of be as messy and as loud and as full and as as full of character and personality as possible Um, And I think for me and and all of my siblings, like my dad very much believed in you're only a child once. And if we have to go and do something fun with our day, then let's go and do something fun with our day, which obviously my mom despised because she was very much like, no, you need to go to school and get your good grades.
1: (laughs) Well, this is important. You need the dynamic. You need one of each (laughs) because if you have two of one or two of the uh, the other, then things go bad.
0: Exactly. No, my dad. <laughs> my dad didn't. I mean, my dad w- went to school, but I don't think it was like his favorite place. Right. And I think he also probably saw that we all struggled in the same areas that he struggled with. Um. And so, yeah, I think they just taught us to to <laughs> to just be as big and as characterful as possible, and p- as polite as p- possible. We were encouraged to talk to adults. We were encouraged to have conversations. We were encouraged to look at people in the eyes. Um, and I think that obviously just bled out as, you know, four really loud, annoying kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But now you can say, see, there was method to the madness. It all worked out.
0: Oh, there was so much madness, so much madness, but full of, um, love and food and culture. And I think just experience things.
1: Yeah. uh, Show me around the bedroom, the childhood bedroom. What are the posters on the wall? What's, 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 what's where?
0: I actually would collect tickets I'd collect train tickets and I'd collect all of my plane tickets and then I went through a phase where I'd collect leaflets and I'd just put them up on the wall just random leaflets um I have a poster that my my best friend Theo gave me of just our faces and it's huge and it's just of our like 16 year old faces that's on the back of the bathroom door um yeah but my room was just covered in like knickknacks I, I clearly was a bit of a hoarder but pictures and tickets and knickknacks i've
1: i've heard uh dicaprio's name mentioned and titanic mentioned for anybody of a certain age that makes sense i I mean i saw titanic like 10 times in the theater i get it that's it so you must have crossed paths with leo by now yes i
0: have actually yeah i have crossed paths with him i didn't do the i didn't do do the
1: whole no that's not a good icebreaker you think
0: Uh, i think maybe i think maybe i'll save that for another time (laughs) <laughs> but um, no, I actually met him um, at the Don't Look Up premiere last year, and um, yeah, he was very. He just wanted to talk about Midsummer and Ari, and he was very complimentary. And it was really weird to be at his premiere, and he wanted to talk about Midsummer. It was it was like amazing? But yeah, he's um, clearly was the love of everyone's lives
1: for a very
0: very long time. But and I don't still have a is poster. arguably. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a poster on my wall of them sadly.
1: Well, now I know what to get you for your next birthday. Um, yes. I, I, you you bring up Midsummer, which I, I I'm obsessed with too. I like a good fucked up movie, and that is yeah. a chef's kiss of a fucked up movie that it Ari Aster created. It is. Are you? Are, I mean, look, you made it thinking and hoping it would be great. Like it lo- looked great on paper, I'm sure, and you respected Ari based on Hereditary. But like, you must be kind of surprised in the best possible way of like the staying power of this weird, relatively small fucked up movie.
0: Well, it's become a cult movie. It's like yeah. culty. It actually is culty. And um Yeah, I didn't think that it was gonna become well, and also it's different because hereditary was like instantly successful the moment yeah. it came.
1: It was an it easy was one, fun. not an easy one to pick, but it was it was a thriller. It was a horror yeah. thriller that you knew what yeah. it was. Yeah.
0: Yes. Whereas with Midsummer, I think if people were going to expect hereditary again, then they were instantly disappointed. Right, um, but then there was this like deep bubbling growth of people that were getting more and more obsessed with it and watched the director's cut and would watch it again and again. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny how many people tell me that that's their favorite movie and they watch it all the time. Like <laughs> one of the one of the bonding moments that I had with Ariana Grande was because she said she watched it all the time, and yeah. she, she reached out to me and and told me that that was her favorite movie. And I was like, oh my god! And then her birthday was designed off it. Yeah, so it clearly, um, I think, also the beauty of it is just so wonderful to to watch. Even yeah, the juxtaposition coming. of
1: beauty and horror. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but no, it was a, it was, it was a hard shoot. It was very, very hard because it was very, very hot, and we were in Budapest midsummer, <laughs> and um, <laughs> God, I'm so <laughs> annoyed. Um, midsummer, and we shot for like four months, I think, and we were shooting in, you know, with three different languages. Um, so just all the all the problems and difficulties that that also faces, and um, a lot of people in a hot field needing to be cooled down and find shade that there isn't, um, just you know a mad mad shoot. And the things that we're shooting, they weren't short little scenes. We they took long time. They took a long right. time to rehearse. They took a long time to shoot. Right. Um, and the reason why Ari's movies are so aesthetically pleasing is because he's a perfectionist and he will not stop until he sees it. And so, what that means is, is then you are doing those scenes until they are perfect, which is deeply satisfying when you've got it, and even more satisfying when you watch it. But it's a long process of like, you know, you're in it, and um, you don't finish until it's it's done.
1: Perfectionists, um, yeah, I'm very excited about the next one with a uh, with Joaquin. Who knows what's what it's he's got in store? Good. Oh my god!
0: I was afraid.
1: Oh, looks amazing. Today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Are you guys like me? Do you feel kind of a buzz when you find a deal? Do you feel smart? Do you feel lucky? What about when you're surprised by a deal? Does it feel like you're getting a treat for free? Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes, it's a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Okay, how does it work? Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds. Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll find the prices drop. I know from experience, guys, I've just gone through this Valentine's Day, my niece's birthday, I had to get gadgets and clothing and gifts, and honey was there for me. And Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone, too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out, guys. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting happy, sad, confused. So get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash HSC. That's joinhoney.com slash HSC. So okay, you you you've spent a lot of the last couple of years. like uh, besides this film and the wonder, but like you've been you've been on some very large scale productions. So let's be honest. Like the last couple, I think the last two were Denis and Christopher Nolan projects.
0: Yep. Yep. Just saying be- casually. Uh-huh.
1: I know. Mic drop. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I mean, and and look, that's coming off of Black Widow, and I know there's more to come there. I, I guess I, I'm curious, like. Was there trepidation when you started to dip your toe into these, like, gigantic, um, big-budget spectacles? Because sometimes they get a bad rap. And sometimes, like, actors can be frustrated with, like, working in that large a sandbox.
0: Mm. Um, Well, I'd say my first, probably, like, big, big one that I was like, whoa, I'm a part of this, was Outlaw King. That felt like a big step up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um and you know i was working so closely with chris and yeah that just felt like a really big step for me and it was such an amazing experience and that was like in terms about in terms of the scale of the movie and the scale of the budget and the and the stunts and the horses and the it was just like truly insane and we were traveling around scotland to this place and that place and that old castle and you know it was just mad and um I had an amazing time with Chris and an amazing time with the rest of the cast. It truly was one of those perfect examples of, of a big movie and it felt great. Yeah. Um, And then I'd say my next big one was little women. Uh, And that was like, I remember what even just going up for the auditions for that and, and meeting Greta and meeting Amy Pascal, that felt very grown up and serious. And that felt, um, like every every ounce of, of me trying to get that role or handing things in felt like if I did any wrong move, oh, crap, I could lose it. And that was that was like one of those big golden egg opportunities. Right. So the fact that it, you know, not only did I get it and also it, it did like huge things for my career um, was, uh, I mean, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think when when you're when you're, I mean, not young, but when you were at the stage of that I was at when I was saying yes to these things, it's kind of like a no-brainer. These are the movies that you've been working your whole career for, right? You know, to be in a scene with Meryl Streep, or to be directed by Greta Gerwig, or to have a wrestling match with Sersha Ronan, like. These are the scenes, these are the films that you have been waiting for. They are the reason why you work back to back to back to back to back for so many years, because you're trying to get to that stage where you can be in a room with these legends. Um, And so then for it to continue, uh, it feels feels like you're being rewarded for the work that you've done. And it's a wonderful feeling. Of course, it's intimidating to be working with these people, but you, I mean, for me, it's so obvious that that's the trajectory you've you've got to keep on going. And for me, it was like, well, of course, I'm going to be wanting to work with these amazing people and these legends and these, you know, stellar casts.
1: I I uh, never miss a chance to uh, pester. I, I'm privileged to know Austin and Timmy a little bit, so I always pester them about Dune, and they've given me morsels. Did but they? Be- I can't say what I've seen, but I, I've seen Shorty some stuff.
0: Boys. I
1: know. So what's? But give me a sense. Okay, first, who does the best Christopher Walken impression in that group? Because you you can't work with Christopher Walken and not do a Walken <laughs> impression.
0: Hang on. I think Austin did a really good one.
1: He yeah, he gave me a taste when he was on the pod. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did a really good one. I think it was Austin. <laughs> well, I think uh, it was Austin. We were eating sushi, and he did his impression. And I was like. <laughs> Are you gonna do it for him? And he was like, no. And I was like, don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you have one that you wanna throw out there?
0: No, I'm not gonna touch it because then it's gonna go everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, have you seen have you seen Oppenheimer? I've heard some of the actors have seen it. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I fair enough. Think
0: anyone's seen it.
1: <laughs> I've heard some people have seen it, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Oh. Um
1: uh, are you excited it's like to very push a
0: secret operation that a very, very oh, secret? I-
1: Oh, I know. I interviewed Hoyt, the the DP, and I asked him just like the most banal general question. And he, I've never seen a man clam up like an adult man just be like, "Nope, I, Christopher will kill me."
0: Yeah, can't do the it. The only thing I've been able to talk about is like just how amazing Chris is, and just how amazing it is to work on a set like that. Like that's the only thing I've been able to hone in on. <laughs> Other than funny. that, it's like I didn't do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one more topic uh, that I know you can speak a lot about is Marvel. Uh,
0: are, <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: are, are you excited to push around david harbor potentially leading the thunderbirds quite a cast what do you do you know anything like have they even shown you anything what are you excited did about you
0: say, did you say thunderbirds
1: no thunderbolts thunderbolts sorry yeah, thunderbolts,
0: thunderbolts no, thunderbirds.
1: I, just, I just lost my geek cred <laughs>
0: that's okay don't worry am i excited hugely excited um it's been obviously a few years and i feel like i'm really grateful that there's been some time between them all because um it gives me more more time to figure out where she is and where she's going and and i think i'm i'm just so grateful to to be a part of that family and i said that when Black Widow came out, I was so grateful to be a part of that family. And the reception was just insane. Um, but more so now, just that I'm continuing uh, the story is like a huge, huge privilege. It's a huge privilege. And I get to be back with my daddy. So,
1: And, and it's exciting to see what that character is going to be without, you know, unmoored from Scarlet's character, from Widow. I mean, oh, so much don't. of it was about that.
0: I know, I'm already feeling sad about it.
1: Just trying to make you cry at the very end.
0: I know. It's so weird <laughs> because I did a movie with her and her character obviously had already passed and so like I it's like false hope really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just dangling I, I really it in front of you. Yeah, yeah,
0: I just got pulled in and then and then it was like nope, you're never going to do that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> must have felt nice. It's not going to happen yeah, again.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> um congratulations on this one. I look forward to our future chats. I look forward to the cooking show, the 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 tour. The album.
0: So much so much to look forward to. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused.
0: Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't (laughs) pushing to do this by Josh.